This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. This is a Dale Jr. download. You guys have been asking for it. Finally, Kenny Schrader comes on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mike. Yeah. You're here. Mike yeah. Davis, co-host. Nobody's Leah. been asking yeah. for that. Leah. <laughs> I'm here too. Leah's here, Matthew. Everybody's here. So what more can I say? You've been waiting on Schrader. Uh, I can't wait. Well, let's just get right to it. First off, though, oh, we're, we're gonna going, make, we're going, wait. We're going right into uh, open segment. Um, all right, so let's get the show started here. Phoenix, great race. Wouldn't everybody agree? Incredible race. Incredible race. Hey, and it's so funny. Everybody on social media, thank you, NASCAR. Okay, NASCAR. I know. Pay attention, NASCAR. Yeah. NASCAR, this is what you should have been doing a long time ago. All right, NASCAR, you learned your lesson. NASCAR, NASCAR takes the blunt. Of all the responsibility. Copern comes on to social media and saves the day. All right. Copern, crew chief for Martin Trix Jr. last year and throughout the last several years. And now, Interest- now a ski resort owner yeah. or something? Yeah. He is retired to uh, owning a ski resort in Western Canada. And he says, Interesting everybody loving this rule package. This is what NASCAR basically wanted for the last year mm. until the RTA cocked it up. Oh. Ooh, All right, so fighting words, and that's I think what I take away from that, and what everyone else should take away from that, is that you don't know the whole story. Oh, All right. right, and so in anything, right, in anything, we all sit there and watch the race. I watch it on TV just like everybody else, and I don't even know the whole story. All right, and so yeah, we should just go a little easier on NASCAR. I've always felt that way. I never felt that way as a driver because I was like, everything's NASCAR's fault. If it's bad, that's on NASCAR. If it's good, somebody else is probably responsible. <laughs> but now that I've gotten out of the car and I see the sport from a higher perch, right? So I can see, I see a lot more of the things that are uh, responsible for the show, the the networks. I see what the owners are responsible for, the drivers, what their role is, the fans. I see, I see it from a different perspective now. And I really got to say, it's changed the way I look at NASCAR and how. They are or are not responsible for some of the things that happen in the sport. Now, I always, and it also goes back to another conversation. So, yeah, so my first point, I guess, is go easy on NASCAR. The second point is there's way too much collaboration. We talked about it before on the show, and I've talked about it, and I don't agree with it. Uh, we've held, uh, you know, we've 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 pressed the point with Steve Phelps Phelps in the in the chair here that there's too much collaboration. All right. Um, I just don't. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. I may. I got owners in the Cup Series that are friends of mine. Maybe they don't love this. I, this they don't love to hear this, but I just don't like anyone. Drivers, RTA. I don't care who it is. Me. I don't like anybody having any influence over what happens with NASCAR. If I want to go out in a holler and having and, and give advice, if I want to go in there and say, you know what, NASCAR, I think this would be best. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But really, to be able to roadblock a decision I don't, I don't like that i won't because i always felt like the sport was really successful when big bill or bill jr basically said you know when it came down to it they were the final decision they leaned on the network for sure the network had an influence but they weren't you know and, and and bill and bill jr i know there's times when they had to do what they had to do because of the network 
right? Or because of what was best for the owners. You know, they weren't just ignoring, uh, you know, the, what's best for those folks. But man, with the with the contracts, the 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 legal the legality that they have to to allow the RTA or or anyone to to affect the schedule, uh, the the way the cars work, uh, what spoilers on the car. I mean, all that stuff just drives me crazy. You know, it 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 reminds me that there's there's too much collaboration, uh, there's too many agreements uh, that 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 sort of handcuff NASCAR's ability to do what they feel like they should be doing in the moment. They have to they have to go a year through negotiation and and working through this and that and the other and okay we get we can't have that rule package because it's too expensive for the owners and we're going to do we're going to incorporate it in 2022 or whatever all that stuff's pretty annoying but anyhow very interesting for Cole Pern to chime in and bring that to light what do you think it would RTA cocked it up mean basically because of the expense yeah. i know we're sitting well, here trying to guess what Cole Pern means i mean i'm not trying to speak for him but i mean what did that even we can only assume as, right, right. that but, we can only assume, as we as we do with a lot of things, that the RTA didn't want that package at at the short track and then another package at the bigger tracks. What's best financially is to have more continuity, more things the same. They don't have to just yeah. have a car. It, yeah. it basically challenges the teams to be engineering in two different directions, right? You have to en- you have to you have to engineer and work extremely hard and spend a lot of money to understand how to set the car up with this spoiler at this track, and then you have to totally reinvent how the car is going to work with a giant spoiler at a different track. I mean, it just it, it it's expensive. Yeah. All right. And I have opinions about that, but you know, I feel like that if I were in charge and I'm NASCAR, I'm going to make the rules. And you got the budget, you got the team, you figure out how to fit in the box, all mm-hmm. right? That's it. So we went skiing. How'd that go? I hadn't been skiing in two years. Me and Amy took a trip to Utah, thanks to uh, Cessna, Textron Aviation. Uh, they, they brought us out there, and, and Amy hadn't skied since she was 12. I hadn't skied in two years. Uh, I came back, both knees intact. Good for you. Success. That, uh, more than what I could say when Success. we went skiing two years ago. Yes. I was super nervous. <laughs> I saw I saw one crash that they, they – I saw – so I'm down at the lift. I'd skied a few times, and I'm down at the lift. Here comes the four-wheeler dragging some guy. Oh, wow. All right, he'd had trouble. He had a smile on his face, though, so it must have not been too serious. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, that's a good reminder. Just don't even – you know, this ain't a race. It's just chill. Go at your own pace. Um, later on, I'm coming down the mountain and it was busy, uh, in, wherever we were at. There's a lot of folks skiing. You have to be pretty, pretty careful. Um, a lot of different speeds, a lot of different skill sets. I'm a beginner. I'm green. All right. I can go down some blues, but I probably shouldn't. Okay. I saw a crash. It looked bad. And the next time I'm coming down, they were still sort of bundling that person up Oof. to do, to drag them out of there. And then, uh, Yeah. I heard I heard of another injury that happened to um, someone was who was in our group, who had who'd uh, maybe messed their knee up. So it it really made me nervous, especially as I get older. I'm not as uh, daredevil as I used to be. I think as I get older, I want to do less things that are risky and dangerous. I don't like that. You know, when no, you're no, young, it's normal. When you, I know I don't yeah. like it though. When you're yeah. young, you just go. You're like that looks fun. I want to do it. 
My friends are doing it. I'm trying it. I don't care about the dangers. I don't even think about it. Now, I'm like, well, I can't blow my knee out. Well, what if I break my leg? Right. What if I do something that's permanent? Yeah. I, you know, Repercussions. Yeah, you're thinking about that stuff before you go. You shouldn't. There's a million people out there skiing. They're not, you know, they, they probably aren't worrying about that. Why am I worried about that? Why am I such a wuss? You know what I'm saying? That's all going through my brain. Little Last Spoiler came back. We talked about it. Woo-hoo. Phoenix was a great race. Little Last Spoiler. Got to give it up for Little Last Spoiler. I think that needs its own Twitter account yeah. now. Big Ass Spoiler's spoiler. coming. Big Ass Spoiler's still in the building. He's going to be back yeah. this weekend. Right? Not a fan of that guy. Big Ass Spoiler. He's coming back. Yeah. Big Ass Spoiler's got his place. I'd like, like, no Ass Spoiler. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, – I think it's at the dirt track. Big <laughs> Ass Spoiler. Um, little Ass Spoiler did a good job. Congratulations, <laughs> Little Ass Spoiler. Truex. Truex. His woes continue. I can't finish a race. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. You know what, though? In this day and age, or like with the, with the way the rules are, where all you got to do is win a race. I mean, like, he's going he's gonna to win his yeah. race at some yeah. point. Oh, and and all fine. this is going to be an afterthought. He's fine. No, no reason to worry about it. I'm not worried. True X. He, it, it, he, you know, I, when, I see the, when I see Martin get out of the car, or what, you know, when I heard him over the radio, all right, at Fontana, carrying on, and it seemed like it was every other lap it wasn't, but it seemed like, you know, there was a string mm-hmm. where he was just, you know, cussing everybody. I'm going to wreck that guy. You tell him next time, <laughs> you know, we all have done it. I've done it. And I'm telling you, I can't count the times that I've gotten out of the car at the end of a race and went, what in the hell was I thinking saying all that shit on the radio? Right. Just all, just being stupid. Yeah. You know, you're in that car and you start mouthing off and even your own team looks at you like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you saying? Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, get, get drive. Right. Um, so, you know, I can't, I can't um, be too hypocritical about what Martin Truex was doing last week. I made a little fun of it on social media. This weekend, had a little trouble. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he gets it going. Yeah. They're yeah. fast. Yeah, th- that's the thing. As long as you're fast, you know, I mean, he got wrecked this past weekend, yeah. right? So, like, I mean, hey. Yeah. But when uh, it rains, it pours. Right. And there was a year where I remember, like, you got – I can't remember what year it was, but, you know, we got wrecked at Daytona, and then you went to the second race, which I thought was Fontana or something, and, man – it it stunk. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're yeah. like three or four races in and, and we're 20th or something in points. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, so now it's starting to feel like a hole. But see, that that yeah. doesn't apply anymore. No, it doesn't. You no. just win a race. Um, Noah Gragson. I had him in the office here uh, last week. I said, hey, dude. Really? Well, actually, I texted him. I was like, I don't even remember what I said, but I was like, get your shit together. Quit, quit, quit being crazy, man. Let's buckle down. Get back to work. Uh, you've been kind of, you know, a little careless. Spun out uh, Myatt Snyder for no damn reason on straightaway. Made himself and everything else look like a total fool there. Uh, caught red-handed, right? All that. Got in an accident at Fontana, right? Uh, NASCAR called him in to the holler, mm. I guess, to have a little talk to him. Said, hey, Noah, you're young. This is how things work. Need you to use your head. Mm. Get back, you know, get back in, in line. I thought that, like, that's another when it rains, it pours kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hopefully Noah, it'll be interesting to see how he responds. You're saying so he got called to the NASCAR he got called to the NASCAR holler during got, practice at Phoenix. And oh wow, it was on Twitter. All right, they they called him to the holler during his practice so that he would say so they could talk to him about the last couple of weeks. He's okay, been little, he's been a little careless. I got you. And they were going to say, hey, look, you know, not only are we going to discuss uh, you doing a better job out there, but you're going to miss a little practice while we discuss it. That's old school. I liked it. 
That's interesting. I, I like it. Hey, got to get the point across. Those are. It's. I don't like. I don't like the kid gloves. I hear you. Really? That's yeah. old school NASCAR. Hey guys, before we bring in Ken Schrader, let's first talk about a loyal partner. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Look at this guy. Wow. Ken Schrader comes with an armful. Uh, Look at this guy. Nice. Wow. You'll like this story. Um, 19-0-something, uh-huh. someone came to me wanted to make that. Yeah. So, you know, it's Kodiak on the side. Yeah, which is, they didn't make stuff with. No, but it was adult collectible. It was one of the first first ones. So the guy gives me a check. <laughs> so I go to the boss, Mr. Rick, and said, what do I do with this check? And he said, just just keep it. We're not in the toy business. <laughs> Stuff changed, didn't it? Damn yes, right. it did. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it did. It changed So you talked to Mast? Yes. So do I, I, that makes me imagine that all the old guard are all on the text message together. Is that right? Jeff? I want to imagine that there's probably 20, 30 Retired race car drivers all chatting it up every right. day. Hey, right. man, where well, are you I, headed today? I don't, I don't have any of the new numbers. I got some of the new numbers. Yeah. And whenever I need a new number, I can call Kenny Wallace. But uh, <laughs> I talk to Rick every now and then. You know, he's one of them guys you talk to and you instantly feel smarter. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. agree. That was something about Rick. He's savvy, man. He's savvy. Uh, Rick, was, Rick was great. You know, a lot yeah. of fun. So did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? What, what, what did y'all talk about? He he literally said you need to go bring them something. They're that kind of no, people. Like no, we won't no. talk to you unless you bring us gifts. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. But he said it wouldn't <laughs> hurt none. But we got new shirts. Kind of a big year for us. The box. Why is this year big? Look at it. It says it. Fifty. Fifty years. You've been racing fifty years. Well, if I ever get started this year, I had my uh, shoulder operator on so. I'm good to go in two more weeks, and then we got them lined up. What'd you do to your shoulder? Uh, rotator cuff. Yeah. Man, you kind of put that off for a while. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I can put a lot of stuff off. <laughs> yeah, but it uh, got it done, and oh, boy, is it. Better? Oh, it's great. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Nice. But it wasn't so good for a while. Yeah. After yeah. your surgery, you're saying. Because yeah. you, you were in a sling. You, you My brother-in-law, oh, yeah. LW, has had both of them done. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I don't know much about a podcast, right? You don't? No. Okay. I just learning about that face space, like the king says. Face, <laughs> face space. space. Yeah. yeah. So I, I listened to a bunch. I was driving to Georgetown, Delaware last uh-huh. week. I listened to a bunch. Grilled hot dogs with mayonnaise. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Grilled yeah. hot dogs with mayonnaise. Yes. That's what I need to eat. Yeah, well, you need to try one. Okay. 
I'm all about the mustard too, but the but, grilled hot dogs with mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah, and six pack. It's of course the movie. The movie, yeah. You is your favorite racing movie? It's right up there. I don't mean I like as far as real ones. I like with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one with all oh, the two hero Formula Ru- One guys. Rush, Rush. So, yeah, yeah, I don't even differentiate between real and and like I I lump them all together. Just a racing movie. Yeah. Racing. To please a lady. You have seen that one? <laughs> Long time. No. To to please a lady. Clark Gable. Yep. Uh, I think Mickey Rooney. Hot Wheels to please a lazy lady or something like. Yep. yep. Yeah. To please a lady. I mean, uh, IndyCar stuff and and dirt track midgets. Man. In the had to be in the late forties, early fifties. Mm-hmm. It's 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 neat. Yeah. Real stuff. I always liked. Um, I thought Strucker Race was great because Bert was such a huge star at that time mm-hmm. with the Bandit movies. And him to do a racing movie right. really shined a light on us, and it incorporated a lot of the drivers they got to put, mm. be in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, which I thought they didn't do too bad of a job, like no. Dad and Kyle and all them racing the car. Right. They didn't. It was a decent scene, you know. Usually what did the, they race? Something down the hallway. Yeah, um, it was sur- uh, room service carts. Room service carts. Yeah, yeah, I remember that racing down the hallway. Yeah. So I always thought that was great. Yeah, <clears throat> we've had a couple people on the show that were in that movie Hobbs. Uh, David, yeah, Hobbs David Hobbs was, uh, in there. You know, hearing him talk about how the actual taping of that, yeah. uh, his scene was funny. Harry Gant. Was Harry Gant in it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. right. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Oh, hell, here we go. I got to look at all the stuff in here. Take your time. Yeah, Look man. at it. Take it be his door. That's off. Is that, is no, that off that's, Grandpa's no, Camaro? That's off of the Camaro that I built for, for a friend of mine. We raced it at Concord uh, in the Street Stock Series. But, uh, yeah, it looks pretty similar to. Yeah. To the yeah. old car, I would. Man, it'd, it'd be awesome to have oh, a yeah. door off of one of those cars. Oh, one of Smut's helmets. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I got a couple Smut helmets. I got one from his Alka-Seltzer days, and I also got Jimmy Means' uh, helmet from when he won the. I think he won the Tennessee. You remember back in the seventies when they were giving away those Winston Racing Series championship mm-hmm. helmets to like yep. the state yep. champ? Yeah, Jimmy won one in seventy four. Yeah. And I got that helmet. Guys wore them, and it always aggravated me. You're not supposed to it's wear like that It's like a trophy. Thing. It's a trophy. It's supposed <laughs> to be sitting on a shelf. I know it. Yeah. Tommy Ellis used to wear his. Is that right? Remember, yeah. yeah. He's, oh, I he's mean, learning a lot about Tommy Ellis. Yeah, the last I have weeks. been. Yeah. Yeah. He used yeah. To wear Tommy his. Ellis was sitting in Junie's office when I got hired in 85. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, Junie called up, and I flew up there, and somebody picked me up at the airport. And walked in Junie's office, and Tommy Ellis was never very happy with me after, oh, wow. after that moment. Cause he so was, he was trying to get it, too. Well, well, I didn't know oh, that. Wow, that's, was that just uh, odd timing that just happened by just coincidence? Just happened to be there. Well, Tommy lived in right around Richmond, I think, okay. right there. So it just, yeah. He was wanting a job, but Junie hired you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wouldn't like you either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Tom's just times for, that I don't. I'd get, o- <laughs> I'd get over it, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy was a wild one. So you are talking about that movie with the old sprint cars. You came from racing non-wing sprint cars. I mean, dangerous. Talk about dangerous racing. Uh, I've it, seen some of it. I've seen yeah. You uh, know, I've seen races that you were in and old videos from. The, yeah. Well, that one diecast I brought you is uh, one of the first gambler cars. Yes, My so, partner so. Ray and Sue Marler at uh, I-55. Mm-hmm. I drove for him. First night out, Farmington, Missouri. Now, this is pretty cool. We, uh, 
it was really quick in, in hot laps. But I said, it's a little tippy, you know, it, it wants to get upside down. Jeez. And uh, so we went out to qualify, and new track record, first lap. Upside down, second lap. Won the heat race. Upside down, trophy dash. Won the feature. So you just... Wingless or with the wing? That was with the wing. <clears throat> it was still tippy. Look at that. But, uh, yeah, uh, but <clears throat> I, I started out in stock cars, though, Dale. You I, did? Yeah. yeah, Arca, right? Or, no, uh, no, just... What was that called up there? Six, no, it, it was a it, little track where Rusty started. Oh, no, 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 okay. Uh, Lake Hill Speedway, just a, it was a hobby call. They, they called it a sportsman, but it was a friggin' 64 Impala, you know? It was a hobby car. and uh, Was it your car? Did you? His daddy's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the family car. Gotcha. So your dad owned race cars? Daddy raced. He daddy raced. raced? Yes, a bunch. And did, he, did anybody else in the family race before that? No. So it was no. just? Daddy did. And then uh, when I turned 16, they let me drive a car. And, hell, he'd already won a couple races in it that year. Mm. So and it's, a, it's a good car. Good car. Yes. It handled. It was nothing special. It was just an old car, but it, it handled. Yeah. And that was Daddy's experience, you know. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. how'd you do? We won first night. <laughs> but, but, you know, you sit, well, you sit up there, and you know how some of them kids are. I mean— yeah. It sat up there as long as I could remember. And I turned 16 on a Saturday. They did let us go over Saturday afternoon. I got to make, it was pavement. Got to make 20 laps. Uh, then went back over Sunday and we won. You know, but it was, a, I, it was like taking a knife to a gunfight. You know, we had, it was a good little race car. Yeah. We, yeah. There was fancier ones, but none that went around and turned better. Yeah. Well, well then how did you end up in, in like dirt sprint cars <laughs> with wings and? Yeah, well. How did um, you progress into that? <laughs> One night, there was a guy I met, uh, you know, you leave school at lunchtime when I was, I guess, a junior, and go to the Dairy Queen. There's a guy there that I knew owned a midget, and I kept beating on him to mm-hmm. let me, because they, they ran midgets at our little track every now and then. I kept beating on him to let me uh, drive one. Yeah. And he let me hot lap his one night. He told me just lock the brakes up. Then let them off. The oil pressure comes on, comes up, hit the switch, go. Oil pressure never came up. So I, they pushed me all the way around track. I pulled it out of gear, coasted in, told him oil pressure never came up. He's like, you dumb friggin' kid. You know, give me your helmet. He gets in there. Well, he goes right out, fires it up, comes in. Now, this is just a hot lap, and it doesn't have any oil pressure. And I look over his shoulder, you know, when he pulls in, and so he shuts it off. I said, didn't have any oil pressure. He said, oh, it's got it. Something's just wrong. Well, it had a little piece of silicone in them. Remember them old neoprene oil gauge lines, yeah. you know? So anyway, let me make a couple hot laps. We start in the back of the feature and run the sixth. And after the race, he came up and gave me $40. And I said, what's what's that for? He said, well, I paid $100 to run sixth. You get 40 of it. Wow. And I said, no. I said, he said, yeah. I said, I can go faster. <laughs> but next week we run second. Yeah. Uh, we started winning some midget races, and the Marlers uh, asked me to run their sprint car. And we won an it first night out. And I ran some old cars, and then we started running wing cars. And then I got an unbelievable biggest day in my career uh, to drive a Silver Crown car at Terre Haute, Indiana. And uh, all of a sudden, people were calling. But mm. I was still running the stock car also. Right. 
So what was the car that I see every once in a while that was the yellow? What is that? Yellow. Was that? It was a sprint. Ford? A sprint. Oh, the stock car. Yeah. What was yeah, that? Uh, it's a little Mustang. We had a people, real good friends. Uh, it was Don Hank Siva King in uh, Fenton, Missouri, uh-huh. that uh, owned race cars. And my buddy Jerry Sifford drove it, and he got hurt. So they let me at the racetrack but got run over by a car. Oh. Uh, so they, they asked me to drive it, and I drove for them for, until I started. That was 79. Drove for them until I started a couple years after I started cup racing, and I just bought their stuff. But uh, what? it was a just a dirt car, and we ran some. You raced for them, continued to race for them even as you entered the cup series? Yeah, I'd and go home. And then you bought their stuff? Yeah, I'd go home on the weekends. And, and race that and run, car? run for them, yeah. yeah. Mm. And we'd still run the uh, midget quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't run the sprint car a whole lot, but still run the midget and just just ran whatever. Yeah. So midget racers, dirt sprint car racers, typically don't become stock car racers, all right? And a lot of those guys would go to Indy. Um even when Jeff came and Tony came, it was sort of they were on. There was a, there was a bit of a moment where the public sitting there going, "What are they going to choose? Right? Yeah. Are they going to come to to NASCAR? Right. Or are they going to go to Indy? Was that what? So were you even thinking like beyond sprint car racing, beyond I mean, I what was, you were doing? I was, you know, I was a kid. I just wanted to race, you know, whatever. But did you want to go? Did you have like, all right, my goal is NASCAR. Yeah. My goal is Indy. Like, my goal is. A little simpler. It was like to make enough make money and not have to get a job, you know. I mean, and I got no problem with working, you know, because yeah. you wind up working harder doing this stuff, but uh, just to keep racing. But I did get to go to Indy. Yeah. I went to Indy in 83. Uh, 83. We won the USAC Silver Crown deal in 82, and uh, Yasona and Hilda Purcell asked me to go up there. And I went up there for rookie orientation, March or April. It had an old uh, Eagle copy uh, with a small block Chevy in it. We ran like 186, 182. Well, Yusona asked me to come up to his house a couple weeks later, and there was. Well, wait a minute. You go around Indy, even at 182. Like, what was, that was unlike that's the, first, that, only, that's the first time you've ever done that, right? Yeah, it only took 186 to get in a race then. But I'm just saying. What that's like unlike anything you'd ever experienced in your life. Are you sitting there going, "This I made it"? Right. Well, what was your feeling? <laughs> my, my feeling was, I got no clue what I'm doing, but this is kind of fun, right? You know, and, uh, and he he got all excited and bought a eighty-one or two March with Cosworth. Mm, this is a real car. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. the difference? One was a I know, uh, eagle. I'm not, no okay, clue. one was a e. I didn't have a clue either. One was an <laughs> eagle copy. It was narrower, yeah, <laughs> narrower and a small block Chevy in the back. This this was a March. It was wider. I guess it had more downforce. Okay, and it had Cosworth Ford, and that's what other guys had. Yeah, mm. and we kept blowing engines, and we missed first week qualifying, and the second week maybe Monday something. Uh, we cut a tire and I killed it. We were running 192, mm. and you only had to run 186 to get in. Yeah. So y'all were flying. Wait a minute. And and you're at you're at Indy, in the garage. Yeah. With a race car, trying to compete and make the Indy 500. Were you overwhelmed, intimidated? 
were you seeing people that familiar faces? Was it what was that like for you? I mean, I remember I can imagine going in there. I had dad's last name, right? So when I walked into Daytona, it wasn't like I was I was I didn't feel like it felt comfortable. It felt familiar. I've been going there all my life. But here you are at Indy, Kenny it, Schrader, yeah, trying to make the Indy 500 for the first time in your life. Where I imagine you had to have been really overwhelmed. Yeah, it yeah, ain't Terry it, Hope. It's it seemed like a pretty big deal, right? But uh, <laughs> you know, it is we didn't hard get, to impress him. We I didn't. Guess. We didn't get to go. Uh, we didn't get to qualify on the first weekend because we'd blown up, right? And we weren't going to get another engine until Monday. So I went and run the dirt car all weekend. You were doing stuff. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I went and had a good. You know, when you go to Indy, when you get there. Now this is then. Yeah. You got to get take physical when you get there, which is you know, can you see and stuff, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you got to show them your helmet and stuff. Well, the night before I was running Grant City, Illinois, in a midget, and the throttle stuck, so I was running it with the kill switch. You know, just right, it was a big half mile then. I was racing it with the kill switch, and I said, "Man, this is stupid." You know, I maybe make. Maybe make a hundred hours here, but it could get bad. So I pulled in and I went to took my helmet bag into the doctor's office at the speedway and they open it up, take your helmet down, you set it down and dirt falls all over <laughs> and stuff. That probably wasn't you know, didn't impress them too yeah. much, but yeah, I mean it just you were just doing it, you know. So you cut a tire and hit the wall. Yeah. And that's when everybody was breaking their legs. Yeah. So we were running decent, and we had we were kind of on some people's radars just because we were doing good in the USAC sprints and the, and the Silver Crown cars. So people come by, and it's like, you know, what do you got? And I said, ah, got this brand-new helmet that Bell gave me, and I got this uniform that— you know, when the lower control arms came through, they didn't break my legs and or cut the uniform or get you know get everything all bloody. So I'm I'm good to go. And they're like, "No, what do you got for sponsors?" And I say, "If I had a sponsor, you think I'd be doing this stuff? You know, I mean, if I had any money, you think I'd be doing this?" Just kind of got, I mean, just kind of saw right then what was happening, and uh, that's probably the first time I made up any business decisions and said i was really going to work on going down south really yeah and like when i did i talked to poncho about it you know because he was one Carter? of the guys. yeah, yeah. he was He'd one been of racing the, a cup he, car a little bit yeah but he not then oh he was one of the guy you know the india he's like you going down there and run them damned old taxi cabs you know, I, said, <laughs> I don't know it looks like a pretty good deal you know and stuff and uh through that old yellow dirt car yeah it had roush engines in it and yeah. I'd met uh, Michael Cranifus and Lee Morris, and they they helped me. How'd they help you? Uh, hooked me up with Elmo. Elmo. All right. Elmo Langley. Elmo Langley. Five races I'm, in 84. I'm so glad you bring up Elmo Langley because oh. I have so many questions. We never actually talked about Elmo Langley. Yep. Did you know him? I don't or know, know of, him? of him for sure, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Describe Elmo. Elmo. Elmo had a three-car shop down off of uh, 29. Uh, south of uh, Harris Boulevard, on the right, behind some restaurant. I mean, it just, you know, had an old box truck, open trailer, and I got to drive for him. Had rented, rented the car. You rented the car? 
Yes. Uh, now, Ford helped me, Michael and, mm-hmm. and Lee helped me a bunch, uh, but still it cost $3,000 in his tires. <laughs> Wait a second. So you weren't driving for Elmo. You were renting Elmo's car is what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to drive for him. But yes, but, first three wow. races. So you're paying for the ride. Yeah. First three races. And then my friend that was helping with the $3,000 race, uh, it it Elmo let me drive the last two without paying. Oh. And we're at Charlotte testing, and you know, I mean, and I'm not running fast enough. Yeah. And Morgan Shepard doesn't have a ride. Oh, no. Yes. So he puts Morgan in, because I don't know what to tell him. You know, I mean, it's just, it does, I. It's just slow. It's going pretty fast. I mean, you know, if you're sitting in it and you've never yeah. been there, Feels it's fast. going pretty fast, <laughs> but the stopwatch isn't good enough. Oh, no. <laughs> so Morgan run about six tenths quicker. Ooh. Well, no, I mean, that's, but I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's what I needed to see because that, right, I went back right. out and run six tenths quicker. Did you, you know? really? We were at Michigan with it first year, one of them first races. And, uh, you know, Michigan used to be just Saturday, Sunday show. We'd, we'd get there and unload Friday and everybody'd talk and go through tech. And then Saturday morning you practice, you qualified. You had another little practice. They ran IROC race. Then they had second round practice. Mm-hmm. We were running fast enough, and it kept getting slower and slower. And uh, they found it. It had a lobe on the cam going flat. So they readjusted on it and talked to James Hilton. And uh, I don't know if it was one or two gallons of propylene oxide, but we got her in the show. <laughs> <laughs> propylene oxide. Yeah. It. it really helped it that stuff works <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 look at your face when you say it too. oh it was neat i mean it was <laughs> it was neat you know it's just like an emergency you know you knew who had it if in case between <laughs> dk knew. and All them, and man. elmo and jimmy and you know whoever Jim hilton whoever needed it it's like okay if you're in big trouble here i tried to um i tried to run that stuff a couple times i don't know if it helped me or not but Really? You couldn't tell a difference, though? We, me and Wesley bought a can of it. comes in to the shop in a, like a, a, arm, a military-style box. And I had to hide it because Dad, if Dad would have found out, he'd have been real upset. But we poured it in our fuel, shook it up, and put it in the car and never bought any more. Real fa- back in the day when there was a ton of xfinity cars you know during the bush series xfinity car yeah yeah there'd yeah. be 60 cars show up for charlotte and stuff yeah and this was at daytona and uh my engine builder walked in and we had a brand new uh g junior car body on a laughlin car with a new trick v6 in it the engine builder walked in and said you got a shot and i said oh we're right there he said you want it i said yeah i want it so a gallon mm-hmm. of propylene oxide yeah the first lap was quick time you know which shouldn't be yeah the second lap was just a just a shade just a shade faster uh because they told me on the radio that we were quick and we were late qualifying just you kind of knew who was left and my crew chief was like i thought i'd run a lot faster second lap i said if i'd have run it Flat out second lap, they'd have been waving the black flag, yeah. <laughs> not, not yeah. the checkered flag when I came around. So, so, so you were concerned that y'all were too fast, too quick uh, well, on the first just, lap because it yeah. was going to be a, yeah. an indicator. And then you, uh, the 
fuel samples came back Thursday or Friday. But Robert G. took the fall for that because hey. it's like, uh, man, we saw that your, you know, your dry brake and everything was polished and stuff. And got to be real careful when you polish that stuff because it, some of that residue on from that from that compound. And I said, okay, we'll be more careful next time. Yeah. Wow, and that worked. We Got ran it. we ran second at a big race in Florence, South Carolina, with that propylene oxide in the tank. And Florence, South I ninety five Speedway, right next to Darlington. Oh, Florence. Okay, Florence. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a big race, and the uh, NASCAR sent one of their better officials um, over there, and before the race. I think before we ever all walked out uh, to qualify, he comes by my car and he we had the screw on screw in cap on top of the deck lid for the fuel intake. He unscrews that cap, opens, pulls it off, stands there a second looking at me, puts the cap back on, screws back in. Mm. I was like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "That propylene oxide don't like oxygen." I was like, "Oh, okay, take <laughs> okay," and he walked on. I'm like, all right, he gets the next car and keeps keeps doing it to everybody, right? And so we qualified and raced, and I ran in the top three, second or third, and they said, you got to go over to the, you got to bring, you got to go over to the uh, inspection uh, shed, all right? They they had us all there with our hoods off, doing the tip, typical teardown. We go into the shed, and there's that guy standing there with three test tubes, with all the top three guys fuel in it and it's all like a blue color and it's not supposed to be blue because they stuck something in there that's turned blue right and he's like all three of y'all are wrong he's like i ain't gonna throw anybody out but if he said next week if any of you don't bring it back test bad yeah henry benfield uh peed in our fuel sample (laughs) thing one time really yeah dick Beatty was not amused i bet yeah no, yeah. wait, wait, wait. You, you just can't throw that one out. Well, what? I was going to say, why would he do that? But then you it already was answered Benfield. it. It was Henry Benfield. Yeah. Of course it was. Oh, I never cared about numbers or colors, whoever was on the car. But I was listening to you, and the numbers got to be now because all those different – I never thought about yeah. that. Talking That's, about moving the number around. Yeah, yeah. the number's important. That's yeah. the only link left. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what y'all were talking about. You, you, yeah. you agree with it. It agrees with Yeah, yeah I didn't. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I would never say, ah, it doesn't mean anything. We got transponders. We don't even yeah. need numbers, but Let, you, don't, you don't know who it is. We'll yeah. give a quick, you, especially in our deal. Quick piece of context in case you missed our show that, that he's talking about when Dale Jr. went on his soapbox about uh, the fan survey on Reddit that he found that NASCAR sent out on potentially relocating the numbers. Yeah. And there was some on the rear quarter panel or on the window or whatnot. And Dale Jr. took an emphatic stance to keep it on the door panel. Yeah. Right? That's what he, that's what Ken's talking about. We've got to get back to the peeing. And the, wait, you, you never well, fully explain, explain it's this. It's just a Henry Benfield story. Didn't need, yeah. They've got to know. They get a fuel sample. They You know, NASCAR wanted a fuel sample. And the official wasn't right there. You know, usually you just take the uh, line off the carburetor. Uh, but Henry just went and gave him their peed sample. in the little peed in the little jug and uh, gave it back to him. They weren't amused. Well, you know what? You bring up a point, Henry. Like when I think about people that you don't want having a grudge against, like 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 Henry Benfield doesn't play by normal rules, and he used to do that. Henry, we've talked about it on the show. You know his. The the uh, the X that he would go put into food and the stuff and hand it out to NASCAR officials or spotters or something. Not all of legendary. Them. Not all of them. The ones he didn't like. Yeah. Well, the ones right? that didn't didn't play the game right. 
That's what yeah. I'm saying. He 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 did. He just it was ruthless in his retaliations. Yeah. So I he, mean, actually peeing in the test tube. He was awesome. He is was one of the nicer things. He done. got to be. It, he was my truck driver for a long time. And you were glad that he was your truck driver. Yeah. So you didn't have to put up with none of his. Yeah. Pranks. Watkins Glen, six o'clock in the morning, leaving the motel. You know, trucks Friday morning. Trucks not in there yet. And, Harry Hyde, if you're leaving at 6, that means it rolls at 6. You know, you don't meet in the lobby at 6. It rolls at 6 or 5 till. So it's 5 till, and Henry's not there, so Harry's got the truck started, and here comes a car flying up, and Henry gets out in his white slacks and his white shoes. (laughs) Old Spice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where you been, Henry? He said, Jogging, jogging. <laughs> so, okay, let's go. Yeah. That's funny. Henry, uh, I can't remember if I've told this story, but he ran an ARCA race at Pocono back in 2002. Uh, sportsman race. I was, was that what it was? I Dude, told him up. But, but, he, he, but he, he is run the fifth only or one. Sixth. Yeah. yeah. But, but he's the only that. one, and I've never heard this, and I know, will never hear it again. He's the only one that he called for a three-tire pit stop. And they're like, three? And he goes, I, I, I can't afford four. <laughs> yeah. We, I took him up with my short track. Uh, hauler uh-huh. we hauled him up there and uh you know he ran charlotte daryl was his spotter but daryl spotted from his house yeah <laughs> he didn't watch the race he spotted from his just listening to nascar radio oh, and uh, he's uh, there's someone spun off turn four and he said yellow yellow henry there's spinning off four and he he said yeah it's me daryl <laughs> it's me he was the yellow yeah <laughs> damn daryl you should watch the race yeah you're gonna spot in yeah. that same race henry says uh, on the radio I, i'm i'm gonna need uh, a fire suit on that stop why why henry i, I myself <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to ken in a minute but first this important message well um Kenny, I think we need to talk about the week. The week. The week. What what are we talking about when we say the week? Does anybody not know? I figure it's going to take a lot of our a lot of our a lot of our time, so we might as well get to the week. Did you I think we were going to talk about the week? I figured it had to come up. Yeah. Which I got some pictures to show you. <laughs> but no, good. <laughs> I got a picture of the following week. Uh-huh. Oh. Of Ron Pegram, your dad and I all arms around each other praying for the start of the race. I didn't know he was praying for my safety <laughs> <laughs> because he was going to dump me. But yeah. uh, the week was good. We didn't do anything no, stupid. Yeah. You know, so I'm, well, it, I'm honored that I've heard you say it was still one of the best weeks ever. It was a rite of passage. So <laughs> it was. So for for me, we talked about it on the show. We had Shamardino on here. My My dad's guys didn't talk to me much um i you know i they allowed me to be around uh come, you know hang out in the pits and and i would try to stay close with dad or whatever run off with my friends or whatever not many of the guys from his time or his generation interacted with me and so when you asked me to go on this trip i'm like this was extremely way out of character for me, for anybody in dad's generation. And I mean, I wasn't going on trips. I wasn't, you know, I was just trying to get to the racetrack when I could with dad. And I was going to school and staying in trouble, right? Yeah. At home. Um, so for Schrader to uh, reach out and go, you know, 
Uh, they'll, I don't know how it all went down, but I'm going to go on a trip. All I know is I'm going to get on a King Air to Lee Statesville Regional Airport, and I'm flying somewhere to meet up with Kenny Schrader, and I'm going to be with him for a we, week. We started out in St. Louis. I was 15 Lewis. years old. Is this 16? 16. Yeah, yeah that's right, because I drove you my drove, truck. You drove a truck up there. I promise you, for whatever reason, I have no clue why. Like I said, I was always in trouble. I'd started reading the Bible, and literally like <laughs> a day or two before— and God led you to Ken Schrader. A day or two before I got on this plane to leave— <laughs> I had been reading the Bible, and I got on the plane, and I'm reading the Bible, all right, in this King Air, flying to meet Kenny. And if I remember right, because I was already— important. I was already, yeah. (laughs) Knowing how we know this trip turned, yeah. uh, (laughs) You you were on the plane by yourself, and then had to turn around and go back. What? Because—and we had to pick up Tim, Tim Tim Chris, the the banker. banker. Yeah, because we took off without him. Oh, shoot. Wait, whose King Air was this? It was mine. Was it? So you yeah. sent a plane to, to... Well, it was already here. And it was coming Hangered up. Hangered at Statesville. And so you're telling Dale, get on the plane, come with us. Yeah. Well, we weren't on it. It was like no, I know. him and Tim, you, I think. So, so, meet up with us. I got you. Is it true that you asked Dad to take Kelly? No. The okay. next year? No. The next year. Okay. Yeah. So, said, how did, how did, so what did you do? Go? Did, you, did Dad come to you and say, take that damn boy with you somewhere? Or no. did you ask no. him? No. That... We just... We are just talking, and I said, we'll take Junior on a trip with us. We'll just go racing all week. And he just looked at me, and I said, racing. And uh, <laughs> he knew, you know, and I also heard. He knew he what? Was, he, he knew what was going to happen, uh-huh. which nothing bad happened. Nothing happened that no one's going to jail for. No. And, uh, but it was life-altering. But uh, he knew what was going to happen. So you've you've talked to Dale Earnhardt about taking Dale Jr. on the trip. You've you've got him on the King Air with the banker, and you guys fly in St. Louis, and you're probably so excited. You're excited because you're on a trip. Nobody's ever invited you stuff like. I met this. a lot of people on this trip, but me and Tim the banker would end up sort of being in lockstep for the rest of the trip. Okay. I didn't know Tim, right? But he, you know, but we became he became sort of. Uh, my guardian in, in a sense, because Schrader's in and out of cars and over here, right, you know, running some laps and climbing in this car. And well, we had a cast. We had a yeah. We had we like had four, five, six. Tom, people. Gr- Tom Grady, yep. lawyer Tom, and Walter Hanna, the yep. tile contractor. Mm-hmm. So you're on this plane. Yeah, it's just you and Tim. Yeah, you're reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. You brought your own Bible because mm-hmm. it, it's just not sitting in the plane. No, we couldn't yeah. find the one that was in the plane. <laughs> and the Bible find it. disappeared. And uh, y'all land, and then what? And then and then where do you meet up with Ken? I don't know. St. Louis. Okay. St. Louis. We ran Grant City, Illinois, the first night because we got pictures okay. of us because yep. we won that race. Yes. I remember. The only thing I remember about that, I remember watching from outside. Couldn't really see great, um, but I remember watching. Y'all remember y'all running around? You had a little bit of a match race, maybe, or no? I don't know, but <laughs> we won the feature. Yeah, and. The, the hauler, nobody, they didn't really start loading up or hustling to get out of there. Everybody else is kind of leaving a little bit at a time. And before you know it, it's just Kenny and his truck and 30 people, maybe. It's a lot of freaking people, it seemed like. Just it was a around, big cooler. Yeah, standing around <laughs> drinking beer. Yeah. And I was standing there big... with Ann, and I said, uh, Kenny's wife. Yeah. yeah where I, I went up in, maybe I went into the, um, to the RV for, for, to either pee or to, to get a drink or something. We were geared up. We had to yeah. holler and motor home. We- yeah. And she says, you want a beer? And I was like, 
oh, I can't drink a beer. And she goes, <laughs> yeah, you can. And I said, well, I don't want anybody to know I'm drinking a beer. And she goes, well, you can just pour it in this cup. And so she poured me so a beer in a Dixie cup. she was the bad she influence. She was the bad influence. And so then I drank a bunch of beer. And then I walked over to the racetrack, climbed up in the flag stand, and just looking around, checking the track out. I mean, it's like 12 o'clock at night. It's midnight. They'd still left the lights on. I mean, it was pretty cool. It was really a unique... I'm standing there, you know, with Schrader, and I ain't no danger. And I'm, we are just grassroots and drinking, having a, a beer. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still do that every week, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> every week. And then at about 2 o'clock in the morning... Schrader goes, all right, we should start heading on to the next place. And I don't know where we went from there. I think we went to Moberly, Missouri. And raced the next night. Yeah. And then we went to Topeka to practice on Friday. Okay. And then Friday night, we went to Belleville, Illinois. Yeah. That little. So Belleville, that's how you say it? Uh, Belleville, Belleclair Speedway. Belleclair, right. So we go to Belleclair. This one I remember specifically because. We, by this time, we, I mean, drinking beer every day, all day, it seemed like. I wasn't. Yeah, I was, wasn't. I was racing. Yeah, he was racing. But now I'm taking, now I'm getting my own beers after a few days, <laughs> <Gotcha>. right? <laughs> and me and, me and the banker. We don't have to ask yeah. anymore. <laughs> I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I know where the cooler is. Real comfortable. Yeah, Real cup. comfortable. Right, right, right. Now I got a couple nudie magazines. The, the Bible's long gone. <laughs> um, Your dad stuck his head in the camper at Topeka during his practice. Yeah, he says, Junior up there, says, he's fine. And he's like, you know, he's got a magazine and beer cans besides the couch. I said, I'm good, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> said, he okay. didn't see that? Well, he didn't. He, just, <laughs> he, didn't take, he didn't take notice of anything, anything awry at that moment. I didn't even know he did that. Yeah. I don't remember that. Wow. So I remember Belclair. We go to Belclair. I walked into the infield. And the hot, tiny racetrack, Mike. And I walked over to the rail in turn three, and I'm literally standing in the infield. And what I feel like was only a four by four or a two by four wooden rail in between me and the racetrack. Mm. No, yeah, it was it was it was probably a two by and, six. Yeah, and so and on the outside uh, around the grandstands, and I think it's pretty much still the same today. I mean, it's like wooden. It's, mm-hmm. It feels like this is an historic. Like a track out of the past, man. That really, I mean, it's a great place. Kenny still, you still go there. Shredded. Yeah, we go there. Some. Wallace still goes there. But I just remember how old school awesome it felt. Outside of the track is an old kind of a fair, fairgrounds, fairgrounds, right in the middle of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were there. There's heat races going on and everything, and I'm hanging out with the crew, four yeah. or five of us. And you met Nick Gomrick. He was explaining a lot of yeah. stuff to you. We were like, Are y'all hungry? I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. Let's go outside. So we went outside and we had kebabs, the best freaking beef kebab I've ever eaten in my life. And then we saw these two hippies in two wheelchairs fighting. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just sticks in my mind. I missed miss some of them. He was in the car. He was in the car driving. But I remember two guys in wheelchairs toppled over and both of them had a holy hold of each other's hair. <laughs> Not one was wanting to let go of the other. And they were upset with each other. Oh my God! But um, and then and I remember we were in the King Air a little bit, flying to a couple things. Well, we qualified Saturday. We flew to Topeka, Topeka to do that, and then yeah. we King Air back to the we, dirt stuff. Well, yeah, we went to uh, watch the races at Belleville, Kansas, the midget races at that. Yes, real, real and I met Sleepy Trip. Slip met Sleepy Trip. Yes, yeah. you so were quite impressed that? with Sleepy. Well, he has an amazing name, but also 
you know, you told me he's like the best hero, ever. Hero, 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 USAC midget racer. I don't know how many. He's all-time winningest. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's the guy. And this track, too, had a fair. It's like yeah. the, the track's plopped down in the middle of the fair. Huge, huge Massive. dirt track. It's like five-eighths mile yeah. dirt track. What's it circle. called again? Uh, Belleville High Banks. Oh, Belleville, okay. Giant Belleville, circle. Kansas. Yeah, giant I watch, circle. We went. We go inside, and I'm watching the. I walk in. I literally set my eyes on on the car going around the track, and I'm waiting on him to go into the turn, and he never did. And I'm waiting on him to lift, and he never did. And he's just yeah. a big circle, and they're just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And Front's, I was like, front straightaways, maybe eighty feet long. Yeah. <laughs> There's so a he, place where the wall is straight for eighty feet. Yeah. Wow. But I was pretty buzzed up when I met Sleepy. That was my only regret because I, I don't know if he noticed noticed or not. Oh no. no. He yeah. was he was he said, That's really Dale's son. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. Is that that's the trip where we when we got to Belleville we didn't have no way to get to racetrack, right? I don't know. Yeah, it is I know it is. Well that's the only time I went to Belleville. Yeah. Uh, that have flew in there. Yeah. Because uh, we had to uh we flagged down a pickup. And we all climbed. Yes. In. Yes. We flagged down a pickup, and then I gave the guy like twenty bucks, and Nick gave him twenty bucks, and you know it was like maybe six miles. And we had our beer cooler. Yeah, and we didn't, but we didn't have a way to get back after the race. So I said, "Oh, we got, I got all, I know all kinds of guys at the racetrack. We'll get a ride yeah. back." Well, they were loading up. We'd go back and run Topeka next day. They were loading up, and they were going to have a beer. So we had, we went out in the parking lot and flagged down another couple pickups. And got so back to the airport. Fly, to, to get to the track, I mean, are you like a step away from hitchhiking? That I mean, was exactly that's what we were. We were hitchhiking. You know, like Dale's anger at the end of the week starting to make a little bit of sense. Oh, you know no, I mean? no. We were <laughs> just, not we were at all angry Belleville. about the hitchhiking. No, no, yeah, I got it. it. I got it. But I'm saying is it like <laughs> it in, the, in, the totali- in the totality of the week, like it's it's starting to make sense to me. So you're hitchhiking to the track because you don't have a ride. Where were we when we went to the Gentleman's Club? Well, we flew back from... We flew back from to, uh, from Belleville, Kansas, mm-hmm. and we had to run to Topeka, where your daddy was coming in, and we were all going to race. Rick Hendrick was there, and we were all going to race Sunday. So that's a Saturday night? Saturday night. Okay. We flew back to Topeka. I thought that was in the middle of the week for some reason. No. Topeka was Saturday night. We didn't race Saturday night. We just went and watched Topeka. So and Saturday night, you were you were in... Tuned up. You were tuned up. Yeah. So yeah. Saturday night... Schrader and them all organized a trip to the Gentleman's Club. Well, it was between the airport. I mean, and the, it was a stop. It was on the way home. Yeah, you was, wouldn't have gone on the way home. You wouldn't home. dare go out of your way to the Gentleman's Club. No, I we mean, had was, a van. I mean, <laughs> we're in, yeah, we're in a van. We pull up, and Schrader is like every all of them are sort of talking. I'm sitting there, <laughs> and 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 we're in this van pulling in, and and a couple of people were like, "They ain't gonna let him in." Schrader's like, oh, they'll let him in. No, no, they're not going to let him in. Ain't no way. So Schrader's like, all right, we're going to form a circle. <laughs> Junior, you get in the middle. Just don't even, just eyes forward. Don't say a, don't say a word. We're just going to go in. They're never even going to see you. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> so we get to the door, and we tried to go on in, and the guy goes, hey, you can't come in. A little bit of conversation. Sorry, just can't let him in. So Schrader, I said, y'all, go in. I'm going to go back out to the van. Well, I went back yeah. out to the van, and another guy follows me, and he's like, and I'm I, he had hung out with us a little bit, but he hadn't been on the whole trip, so he come, this, but I so I know this guy. I'm not it's not some stranger, so he's like, 
let's let's sit in the bed of this pickup truck next to the van. There's a truck next to the van. Me and him sit in the bed. <laughs> we don't know whose truck it uh-uh. is. <laughs> so we get the, me and him get the beer cooler. We sit in the bed of the pickup truck, and we're drinking beer, and we're just watching people come in and out of the parking lot. I'm hanging out with this guy. I know him because I've we've seen him. I've seen him a couple times this week, but he hasn't been on every single thing with us as we've traced across the Midwest. So I'm sitting there talking to this guy, having a great, you know, we're just having a great conversation. I watched a gun deal go down. So, yeah, I watched a guy selling guns at the bit, at the trunk of his car. He's like an old 78 Ford Mercury or something, big old, big old clunker wagon. And me and this guy are sitting in the bed of this pickup truck, and two guys are standing at the back of this Mercury with the trunk open, just talking and, and looking in there and talking and looking in there. I imagine it was guns. I don't know. I'm going to assume it was guns. Um, who knows what could have been in there. But anyways, we didn't say a word. We just sat there. It was amazing. We were sitting. Time goes by, right? An hour or two, whatever it was. I don't know how long oh, it was. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't near that long. Well, we, I don't We know. wouldn't have been in there very long. I don't know how long it was, but it was. I wasn't worried. Finally, they all come barreling on out of there. Yeah, man, that was a great time. You know, everybody get back in the van, and we get in the van and drive off, right? And... Probably about five years ago, I was sitting in the uh, lounge for the driver's meeting for the Daytona 500. Either Daytona, maybe it was a bush race. I don't know exactly where it, what it was. But I'm sitting in, I got there a little early. Nobody really filtered in yet. Carl Edwards is sitting there with his dad. And uh, I sit down next to uh, Carl. <laughs> Carl weighs me over. He's like, hey, come here. He's like, you know my dad. And I was like, no, I don't think so, man. How you doing? He goes, nah, you know him. He says y'all and him hung out. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, in the back of a pickup truck in the parking lot of a strip club in Topeka, Kansas. I was like, that was you? <laughs> Carl Edwards' dad. Yeah. Back in 1991. What a small world. Yeah, right. No, no doubt. So you're back there. That, to it, me, is the best part of the whole trip. Well, yeah. I mean, so, but I always thought you made it into the club. No. Was there no. another club? Nope. Well, you're leaving out part. What? We finally negotiated with the bouncer. Oh! Yeah. I for- That's true. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah. How could you forget? There's a new best All part right. to this story. Well, this is the better part. This is the best part. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's How- midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, right? Pitch black. They come out, right? Well, who comes out with them? All the girls that the are strippers? in the club. Yeah. I mean, how many? There had to be well, four no, or five. I, yeah, I, I remember it a little bit different, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, in my mind today, as I'm remembering it. <laughs> all the strippers ever were out there in, in the parking In my mind today, lot. as I'm remembering it, but in about two minutes, they're like, hey, you couldn't get in there, so we brought the party out here. And there's... It's getting there's more stripler, real now. There's yeah. strippers standing on the hoods of the cars around. Buying and, and guns. <laughs> there's guys carrying AKs around. <laughs> And there's firing them in the air. We don't do that stuff yeah. anymore. No. no, we don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. So they were, they're like, they're all just dancing on the roofs of the cars are all around. It wasn't really like that, but that's how I imagine it. In my I mind. imagine it was right. Yeah. Wow. So wow. the party, the strip club, basically just emptied out into the parking lot for I don't know how long. We didn't want you not to be included. Wasn't right. that nice? Wasn't that nice of them? That's a good friend. <laughs> That's a good friend. We were looking at it. I thought, I'm that, sure they, your dad I would thought agree. that they were sitting in there just having a great time going, ah, oh, he's fine. Right. We, we were they were thinking we were working they were the whole time. They were working the whole time. Worried right. Working the right. whole time. What's it gonna take out. to get them off this stage and yeah. out there to yeah. the parking lot? So Sunday morning rolls around 
I haven't really had a hangover this entire trip until Sunday morning. Well, I you, you would have had to quit drinking to get a <clears throat> yeah. hangover. So I did. <laughs> yeah. We quit drinking. <laughs> Why did we quit drinking? Because Dad was there. Dad's gonna, Dad had flew in to run the race. And, and is this back at Topeka? We're in Topeka. Okay. Sunday morning, race day. Mr. Rick's there. Rick Hendricks there. Um, I'm feeling pretty rough, and I'm trying to avoid Dad. I'm well, at the RV. I gave you strict instructions to don't talk to him. Yes. Don't breathe on him. Right. We're at the this is where the napkin story happened. We're at oh. we're at the RV, probably nine o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning, everybody's kinda showing up. Rick shows up and he's like, Hey, uh I think that was really the first time I'd met Rick. So I'm he's like I'm like, I'm Dale Jr. He's like, I'm Rick Hendrick. He's like, Hey, I think it'd be funny if I signed you to a lifetime contract right here. And then I could, you know, it'd be funny to take that contract on a napkin over to your dad and say, look, I got your boy under contract. Nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, you got it, pal. I'm 100% <laughs> down with that. I'm hammered and I'm ready. <laughs> I was not hammered. I was, was hung over. Hammered, yeah. But I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm like, this is a real damn contract. Now, Rick, for Rick, it was a joke. <laughs> But um, I'm thinking, man, if I need to really lean on that one day, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try. Should have kept it. Yeah, no kidding. So we wrote a contract on a napkin. Me and him both signed it. He takes it over to dad and plays around with it. We tell that story still even today. But that's where that happened. Okay. It, after that, shortly after that, dad is roaming around, right? And I went over to the pit road and sat down in our in. Um, Schrader's pit stall and they're gluing lug nuts and I'm just sitting there hanging out talking to the guys a little bit as they're gluing lug nuts for the race and I seen daddy's boots coming across the floor and I mean I got my head down and under the bill of my cap I can see daddy walking up and he looked down at me and he goes hey and I looked up at him and he just turned around and walked off I didn't have to say anything and I didn't see him the rest of the day well his day was short yeah until after the race he started in the back because he missed qualifying. He wasn't there to qualify. Right. So he starts in the back. You qualified. You're running up front. He drives all the way to second place. And he gets to second and then missed turn one and backed the car into, the, into a barrier. Mm. Great little race car. Mark Reno built it. Mm. And Tommy Kendall, I think, raced it in Sonoma. But anyhow, uh, awesome, awesome car. Did you know this is totally off out of – off the the back of that car, the crush panels. Did you ever see that car? How they had the crush panels were remember. some kind of weird fabric or something. It was crazy. That turn Anyhow, one. Yeah. Um, we're out there testing a couple weeks before, but like I'm not going to haul my stuff cross country to test, but Rick's going to test. Yeah. So I go with them, and uh, we were a little quicker in the car, but you know, just I mean, Rick, good racer. Yeah. But you know, we just in the car more well he's having trouble with turn one so i hopped in with him oh wow i got helmet uniform gloves no seat i'm holding on and he went into one and wheel hopped oh we spun through that grass forever and it kept spinning around and we'd spin around we'd see them jersey barriers then we'd look at one another then it spin around. We see them jersey barriers again. We look at each other. It stopped about ten feet short. And I was mm. like, raise my helmet up, visor up. I'm here for you, partner. <laughs> you know? But it was big. I bet. Wow. It was big. Oh man. So 
Dale I don't Earnhardt remember. wrecked I, in the race. Yeah, so he wrecks real early in the race. and Trying wrecked. to kill me, I think. You, trying to get to me so he could kill, kill me. Yeah. yeah. We get, I remember we got on the plane and went home. I don't remember having a conversation with him about it. I don't remember. I think it was, I knew I was caught. I knew he was mad and he didn't want to talk to me and I didn't damn sure want to, you know, <laughs> open my mouth and start anything, you know. So, so it was just silent treatment. It was silent, yeah. And he never said a word to me. Week goes by. They go to Pocono. This is where you take over. Well, he just where did, right. You, did he say a word to you? No, no, he, he didn't say anything to you in Topeka. No, no, not that I remember. But you know, it, it was a long time. Took ago. a pretty hard hit to the head there, <laughs> Pocono. Uh, but uh, no, he. I don't. I don't think he was. He knew. So did he wreck you on purpose in Pocono? He never wrecks anybody on purpose. No, you <laughs> yeah. can tell it. Yeah, no, he 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 I ran mean, right over you. Oh, he ran right over me. I mean, he had to drive in three car lengths to get farther to, to get me, but he got me in. Going in three at Pocono, bounced my head off the uh, B post, broke the air duct. You know, the air ducts Damn. were on the left side. Yeah. Broke the air duct off the left side. Get out of the infield care center, and Steve Burns. I'm holding my helmet. Broke off. Steve Burns looked at me. Did you do that in a wreck? I said, no, Steve, I was cutting grass the other day. <laughs> <laughs> neighbor was cutting grass, threw a rock up, hit me. He said, dumb question. I said, yes, you know. Yeah, but uh, You said it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I said, Dale said he was sorry. I said, well, that's what he always says. He, he dumped me probably three times. Ever. Oh, Ever. that, like, like all after one that? One year. No, I don't remember if they were all after that. Okay, But okay. one time he dumped me at Phoenix. Two Phoenix deals. He dumped me at Phoenix. I don't remember what for or why or, you know, might have been an accident. Doubt it because, you know, he, he could make the car do about whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we get to Atlanta, Andy Petrie's in the lounge in my trailer because one of the years he was racing for a championship. Yeah. He said, I know I know you should kill him. <laughs> you should kill him. I don't blame you if you do. But can you just do it at the start of next year and don't do it this weekend, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, you know what? Did yeah, we just hear a story Mast, like Rick that Mast with Rick told Mast? Us the same story. Like, like his crew chief's different having, race, different, different di- race, completely different. Same situation. conversation. Right. He was in the hauler one time. We got to Sonoma. He was in the hauler Who? in the lounge. Your daddy, and uh, he said, "I didn't wreck you on purpose." And uh, you know, I said, "Bull." Yeah. You know, no, I didn't. But he was, you know, if he is there to apologize, you know, it was on purpose. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, text Tony Stewart. He did some, you know how Tony, I mean, he does so many good things for people that you don't, you know, and everybody know, doesn't know about. I texted him a couple of years ago. I said, man, you remind me so much of A.J. Foyt and Dale Sr. He, Why is that? I said, because you're a very sweet <laughs> you know, <laughs> which your daddy was. But it's just something about, you know, in the car, he was just so rough. He let, was. Let me yeah. ask this. If... That wasn't the only time he'd ever dumped you. And if he never actually said a conversation to you, how do we actually know that he was mad about the, the Kansas week? Well, I don't think he was I don't think he was terrible. So we the have, next year I called him. I it, said, Hey, we're gonna take that trip again. He said, Well, Dale Jr.'s not going. I said, Okay. That's when I said, How about Kelly? <laughs> he said, Well, I think she'd understand more about what was gonna happen. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, know if I got wrecked again or not. Yeah. 
So your friendship with him, though, it, it, it was all intact. There was no, there was no um, long-standing type of uh, feud over this whole situation. It was just kind of a, a fun Man, thing. if there was, I don't You wouldn't have known. No. Yeah. I, uh, I had a couple things with, about your daddy. Yeah. Uh, Let's hear it. I wrote that stuff. I mean, when I moved down here, I moved down in 86, after, in, in fall of 86, Bristol week. When it looked like maybe they weren't going to send us home, mm-hmm. you know, we might get to stay for a while. <laughs> your daddy rode me around places. Hey, this is Punchy's. This is where you buy your tires. This is this place. This is where you do this. This yeah. is it. And uh, he's just <laughs> such a help. He, we built our place out on uh, Windy Road there. He says, you get a bulldozer and dam up that stream and put a pipe there and then put this other pipe in Make a nice pond. He said, you get the pond done, I'll get you fish for it. I'll get you fish. So I call him up and said, hey, this pond, it's looking good, and it's probably, you know, a couple more days, it's going to be full. He said, okay, no problem. We're going to put uh, uh, 100 catfish and 200 bluegill in there. And he said, I'll take care of it. So okay. And he did. And two weeks later, they called, want to make sure we were there. I said, yeah. So they came on out. They were COD, but they came on out. <laughs> we had to pay for the fish. <laughs> he took care of ordering them. And, yeah. stuff. and then one time, that's a little detail. When he was building the deer head shop, you know, he was going to get uh, get it done before ours. And I said, "No, mine will be done first. And he pulled in our driveway, and shop's all done. It's got a gravel driveway. And uh, I said. Uh, I said, told you it'd be done. He said, I had to drive on gravel to get here. I said, call up whoever does the paving. Just call them up and tell them to come do it. So he called them right there, and they came out and paved it. Damn. Now, I knew I was going to pay for that. <laughs> now, I might have got wrecked one time because we were in Deerhead shop, and daughter was really little. And Taylor? No, my, my daughter. Your daughter. Yeah, which he she went with uh, – Day on Teresa and Taylor on the boat one time for a week. But my daughter was really little, and we walked in there, and she was Bambi. Oh. And I said, Dale Earnhardt shot Bambi <laughs> and the whole family. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he didn't think that was so funny. No. <laughs> I bet he didn't. No. There's a lot of those stories, though, of where Dale Earnhardt's taking care of a lot of people as far as giving them, you know, advice on. I think Michael Waltrip had sort of the same story when he bought his place out here in Carolina. He's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to buy yeah. this, and you're going to do this, and this is what. Yeah. I had him drive my car one time, and then there was another uh, GM test car that we both drove. I really liked it. He didn't. But at one time, at, at uh, you know how it is when you get somebody to drive your car, it's like, you know. But it's not, it's, I, mean, I was lost. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't care, you know. If you go a second faster, go a second faster. I just get, and uh, we drove it. He drove it and came in and said, you're going to kill him, you know. you got <laughs> to fix this you're thing. You're like, you know? yes, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So um, how did you lose your thumb? Pardon uh, the thumb. I'm just, I'm a lot more careful where I stick it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can get it closer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we were in uh, Monroe, Washington, uh, Evergreen, yeah. with the truck series. And, you know, back in the day, you ran the alternator belt, old GM alternator, and the belt came off the lower pulley, went all the way up the alternator, so that belt sit there and go like that, you know. 
So they just fired a truck up. I'm in my uniform, going to warm it up, practice 15 minutes. It died. I reached down there. The belt looked loose. And when I reached down there, they fired it back up because the hood was up. And, the guy was, and it went around between the belt and the pulley to the ear on the alternator. There was a heim joint right there, so it was only like that far from the belt. And it stopped there. Then it came out. My God. And, uh, yeah, so I told Timmy, the crew chief, I said, I mean, I grabbed a shop towel to put over it because it was only bleeding in one place because it was all melded together. And uh, I put shop towel over it, started walking toward the ambulance. And uh, I told Timmy, I said, get my thumb, put it in a cup, come over to the ambulance. So <laughs> I go over to the ambulance. And I was in uniform. There's no blood any place. I got shop towel around. And I said, where's the ambulance driver? And I said, I don't know. He's got a problem? I said, yeah. I said, what's wrong? And I showed him. He said, oh, my gosh. So they had this big 53-foot Tony Lama Medical Center there. We walked up in there. The guy put my uh, thumb under faucet. Ugh. God. What? Yeah, it hurt. Uh, so then he said, okay, sit sit down here and lay back and I, I pushed him out of the way I said no I'm not laying back I know what's wrong <laughs> find the guy that drives the ambulance send him over to the 52 truck and we'll, you know him and I and my thumb will all go to the hospital it, that's what's wrong I got back that night uh, Ron Esau ran our truck I think he ran 8th so so you went to the hospital and they tuned it up tuned it up <clears throat> and I told him I said make sure you cut a little extra out I've heard about people that you know, cut a little extra bone out so there's enough meat on the end that when you hit it. Oh, oh, yeah. I, that makes Damn, sense. that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> never did yeah. this. No, yeah, yeah. You drilled a hole in your finger one time at a test at Charlotte, and drove the rest of the test after running a bit through your finger. Yeah, didn't I don't you? Remember. You don't remember that. The fact you don't that. remember drilling a hole in your finger talks yeah, about that. Might not speaks have been, to the life you've lived. No, I've been. <laughs> I my I've been pretty lucky. Yeah. Uh, Shoulders, collarbones, yeah. shoulder blade, uh, sternum, thumb. That's it. Eye. One time, you know how you, you you wreck and you get the red eyes. I turned over sprint car at Manzanita one time in Phoenix. It stopped, and I'm like, wow. And I remember paramedics being there, and something was wrong. Just something was not right. And uh, I reached up to my shoulder and. Ooh, something broke on that side, and I reached up. Something was broken on that side, and then I asked them. I said, "My eyes open?" And they said, "Yeah." I'm like, oh man, I freaked. I said, "I can't see nothing. It's pitch black." And Leland McSpadden was there. He said, "Ah, oh, don't worry about that, Ken." He said, "I've had that happen a couple times." So I'd seen stuff happen to Leland that I never wanted to happen to me. And uh, anyway, he got in the ambulance with me and. We're going out through the parking lot, and it's just like an old, old, old TV came on. And I, I asked the guy, I said, hey, you got a beard? And uh, he said, yeah. And Leland said, stop, damn. <laughs> stop. And he said, what's wrong? And said, Hell, I'm going to get out and watch Feature. I'll come up and see you afterwards. <laughs> You're okay. But, yeah, I've been pretty lucky. Yeah. Hey, you know, the way you even handled the uh, the ambulance guy and about you know the fact that you're missing a thumb was is is even better than what most people would do, and it makes me think. And I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can tell me. 
because we love to talk about times when you know on the show when people have lost their temper or gotten a fight and this that, and the other. But you don't seem to have any like altercations or fight stories or stuff like that. Are you just that even killed? I mean, because you race enough to where you should you could be like you could be in one a week, but you you always just seem to let things roll off your back and don't take it. It's it's to, already been a bad day. Yeah, at that point. I don't really need to make it any worse. David Gilliland's first, uh, no, David Reagan's first race. Yeah, he he destroyed us. It that was the Tony Stewart dart with no feathers. Martinsville. Yeah. Or no, it wasn't Martinsville. Yeah, Martinsville. It was okay. He destroyed us. I wiggled him, like everybody was, because he wouldn't get out of the way. So, the Wood Brothers car destroyed. I get out. I pick up the rear bumper. It's laying there. I said, ooh, when he comes by, Uh I could chuck this rear bumper, you know, just the straight part, through the right window and maybe get him. What? (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to wait till the race is over, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, It's going to be... NASCAR's going to hold you there. Even then, it's going to be 20 grand for something kind of serious. Uh Said I bet Kenny Jones was was my, was my guy. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. your former bus driver and oh, I, Dale's current bus driver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I said I guarantee. You, I mean, Kenny Jones' nose were destroyed. So my son Sheldon was up there. I said he's got my motorcycle and Sheldon at the end of the tunnel because Martinsville had a tunnel then. That's right. So I said I'm not doing it. So go out. Sheldon and I ride home. Walk in the garage next week. Mike Helton's like, thanks. Yeah. No problem. I said, I figured, you know, it was going to be a big fine. I was going to have to stay till the end of the race. I figured, heck with it. I'll crash him later. He said, see, that's a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? You know the difference is, is that you actually took time to think about the consequences. That's what race car drivers never seem to do. Well, the consequences. always, but a lot of times. Guys, let's take a quick break from this conversation and have Dale Jr. tell us about a partner on the download. You mentioned yeah. Kenny Jones. so He's awesome. Yeah. One of the uh, lucky things for me is that I guess, you know, when uh, after Dad passed away, there was a couple drivers that um, gave me some great advice and helped me out in a few situations. And one of them was Kenny. And uh, he came to me, I guess you were getting out, of full-time cup racing and i was in between bus drivers yeah i remember this right and kenny come to me and he goes stop looking got you guy yep i was like all right you said it um that's happened a couple of times with other drivers when i needed to you know you needed somebody to set you straight and uh man kenny jones he's awesome yeah so he drove bus he drove schrader's bus for how many years oh wow yeah yeah Long time. Yeah. Love y'all, and y'all are like brothers, oh, even today. So yeah. the great thing about, the best thing that, one of the best things about hiring Kenny Jones is that I get to see Schrader, because Schrader will come see Kenny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes Dale's there. Sometimes I'm there, and I get to see Kenny Schrader, too. Um, He's good. Yeah, he is. And I appreciate you doing that. Oh, He's just good people. I know. Because I, I called Kelly, I called Kelly and said, hey, I got, I got a guy for you. And said, oh, I've already got six interviews. I can't do any more. I said, well, this will be simple. 
don't interview them people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hire Kenny. I remember this, and no no offense to them, but we were about to hire something that was significantly less to, to a lesser standard than what Kenny Jones brought to the table. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think about that when, when Schrader kind of, like, stopped us in our tracks and said, I got you your can't guy. Put a, yeah, you can't put a price on the value and right. somebody that will do that for you to say, look, you know, this is exactly what you need. Kenny knew me. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Schrader knew me, knew Kenny Jones, knew it would be good, and saw that opportunity and got in there and made it happen. And that's important. You know, the, the, the greatest thing you can say about Kenny Jones is, is as soon as – we hired him. We were like, give us some Schrader stories. Yeah. And he said, nope. I mean, will not yeah. tell us a Schrader he story. Wouldn't, he wouldn't have any. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, too. If Ann Schrader's ever at the racetrack that I'm at, I'm going to see Ann Schrader. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's coming. Yeah. Door, lock, door locked or not, she's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She'll get in. Yeah. 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 That's a rare quality in people. Even some of the best friends – might not go out of their way if you're on the same she property. She will find you. Yeah. Mm. She will find you. Yep. I love it. And I, she always asks the right questions. Like you know, what? Just about family. How's, oh, gotcha. how's Isla? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She always gives you some advice before you leave, before she leaves. Can, can you confirm or dispel myths that we've always heard about you? And that is like n- nothing, like just, just basic things that I've always just been curious. Like, is it true? I've always heard this. That you know exactly to the dollar what the purse is and no. what, what to take it. That's not true? When I drove for Mr. Donlevy? Yeah. If you run 14th, uh, 15th would be a little better. Because every, every dime you could get. Well, 15th used to have, you know, 15th had contingency money. 14th didn't. 20th what? had contingency money. 18th didn't. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, we're, we were running races that, you know, paid Eight hundred hours to start. So, I mean, twentieth might pay. I mean, I don't remember fourteen hundred bucks or something. Fourteen hundred bucks, uh, and eighteenth pay fifteen hundred, but there'd be three hundred hours worth of contingency money for twentieth. You know, Bob Johnson gets so mad uh, in '87. We hired Bob, and our program went. Toom. I mean, got a lot yeah. better. So. He thought you'd get the pole everywhere. We got one. Your daddy and I rode down together to Darlington the day we got our first pole. Um, but we go to Pocono. It paid, I think, maybe $2,500 for a quick time then, $500 for second round fastest everywhere. But Pocono paid $2,000 for second round fastest. Dang. Well, we didn't have no telemetry or anything. And I, you know, and... Nothing on TV, so you just drive down turn one. You know, you get down there, about you go about three-quarters throttle, and you start standing on the brake, so it sounds like you drove down into yesterday you yeah. know, <laughs> to tomorrow, yeah. you know. And then you just go down the back straightaway and just jack jack around during the, over the tunnel and stuff, so you wind up 25th, and then you come in and tell them you got loose on the tunnel. Well, they don't know. You mm-hmm. can't stand on the truck and tell if someone got loose over there or not unless they wreck and uh then we go get that two grand you know in or in second, second round, round qualifying you know mr don levy you're like good job good job <laughs> <laughs> you know? that's very awesome yeah but i mean it was just different that 500 for second round fastest we you know we did like jimmy means and, and all that whole group 
we tell somebody, I said, okay, we won't requalify, but we want 200 of the 500 if you get it. Yeah. Oh, Otherwise, we'll go ahead and requalify. So all that was going on in the back of the garage. That's, oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. Okay, another uh, myth that I want to know. Is it true that you've, I mean, because you used to race with Budweiser as a sponsor, but have they, are, do you have a personal deal with them even to today? Where they just give you beer? <laughs> no, we don't have a personal deal. We have a, we have a uh, local distributor. Uh-huh. Uh, well, and, and the, the brewery too, uh, because of the the racetrack at I fifty five that that work with us. So <laughs> we got a lot of problems. Uh, the AB products yeah, aren't, aren't one of them. One. Now they've caused some problems, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, I'm that's I think that maybe that's why that might be why I'm such a loyal customer still is because of. So I went in. I kind of yeah. came in behind Kenny. Um, on the Budweiser deal. That's exactly right. Um, and so his, and the way he continued to be an ambassador for them was an example for me, right? Right. And because um, I like free beer and, and I right. like, they had great product. Well, your daddy, when when I first hung out at his shop, it was a, come on over, we'll have a cold beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cold beer. I'm like, how else you drink them, Dale? Right. Yeah, but it was, it was cold beer, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and he had the beer room. Yeah, he did. Mm. In the like in the Deerhead shop, cases or something? and cases, man. God, dang. I mean, it it probably was only about thirty cases max at one time. But it, it looked but man like, looked big when you were boy, younger. When you were sixteen, eighteen, <laughs> twenty years old. You were like, this is this should be under Jesus lock and key, man. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. This should be in a safe. Um, do you keep and this this it would be a probably a Kenny Jones source. Do you, you know he said that. When it comes to record keeping, uh, you know, when it comes to your vehicles and stuff, that you have immaculate hmm. record keeping of anything you own, just to the like date, like like your lo- you have logs, you're methodical in that. Is that true? I ride a lot of junk down. <laughs> yeah, I no, ride a so lot. So that's of true junk. then. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got. My, that's not commendable. So, not so much on the cars. Uh, I mean, I got a book on the cars, but not so much on the cars, but on the races, big time. Yeah, and it used to be. You know, probably 81, 82 and stuff. Mm-hmm. You drive 30 different cars throughout the course yeah. of the year. You know, you just go somewhere and drive something and just what it paid. Yeah. You know, who, what association stuff. So, 19, uh, 2000 and, 2001, maybe 2002, I'm sitting in my motor coach at Watkins Glen <laughs> Friday night. Damn Terry Labonte. <laughs> Knock on my door. I think it's Schrader. Hey, come here. All right. I mean, I didn't leave my bus. I remember. For nothing. Right. And I didn't think anyone else was in anybody else's buses. Like, I'm, I imagine that I'm sitting in the motor coach lot with all the other drivers all sitting in their buses, right? Watching <laughs> TV, doing whatever. I go with Schrader. I mean, literally next door. And walk into... A motorhome, and it's him, Terry Labonte, Rick Mast. Rick Mast. There was six or so of you in there drinking beer. Yeah. Hanging out. Yeah. And y'all had been hanging out for a while. There was police tape around my motorhome, around the Bonnie's motorhome the next, the next day morning. when I got up. <laughs> said I couldn't enter. <laughs> it was all the way around. <laughs> yeah. We had, that was a big night. Yeah. Big. And you know, when you drive out tunnel, I've been to Watkins Glen forever, but drive out tunnel, yeah. there was people and hang signs over there and it 
people had a big old sheet up there that said Dale Jarrett crying towel. <laughs> well, we'd been drinking for a little bit, and I told Jay, Dale Jarrett, I said, hey, get your ass on a golf cart. We're going over there. Yeah. And it didn't have that up next day. They were Dale Jarrett fans. Really? We, oh, yeah. Yeah, they changed. But we had to, you know, we took cooler, and then we, you know, drank theirs too. But mm-hmm. And all them people in the, up there are like, I mean, yeah, yeah. at all the racetracks. They are. But they're, yeah. they're great. So imagine that. Watkins Glen also four is or five, underrated. Four or five veteran cut drivers cruising around on Friday night in the infield going from campsite to campsite having right. a beer or two. In that, I'd never... So in that moment when we went and sat down in that motor coach, I learned that Terry Labonte talks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard a word out of that man. We had him at Michigan one time, and there's four or five of us having a drink, and he got up. We were by his motorhome, and when he came down, he uh, had trouble getting in the chair. <laughs> and we didn't say anything because he's two-time champion, yeah. you know, certain amount of respect there. And then when he went back into his bus the second time and he had trouble getting up the steps, he says, okay, we don't we don't care how many championships you won, your ass is going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We had James Finch here last week. And he wouldn't tell us a story. I wonder if you remember, but when, when we told him that you were coming, he said, ask Schrader if he's ever had a car end up in his flower bed. Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah. Uh, LaJoy wrecked me at uh, Atlanta in a bush car. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Atlanta, right. you know, it's kind of big. Yeah. And I told Petrie, it was in Petrie's car. I said, I'll wreck him next chance I get. He said, no, you won't. You'll talk about it. You, you won't do it. I said, 100 bucks. And he said, <laughs> okay. So that was in the spring in Atlanta. And we were only running some uh, bush races. But went into three at Richmond. And I'm underneath Randy. And he's, uh, uh, we're, we're going around another car and I just dumped him. I went up to Reno the next week, and they cut the back half of it off and took it over to the house, put it in the front yard. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's what they did. Yeah. In and your, they put went, it in your front yard. Yeah. And it, I asked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I asked. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I saw Reno the next week. I said, man, I felt bad about that. I said, I was up underneath him, and that lap car kind of runs out of room. <laughs> and he said, ah, I thought it was the first good shot you got since Atlanta. And I said, that could have been it, too. <laughs> you know? but, uh, I bought I bought uh, two cars, and two engines, and a trailer from Finch after the ARCA race one time. Why? Red cups were involved. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, sorry, I didn't think that might be. <laughs> but I had I had to call home and said, "Hey, we need to bring like a hundred and ten thousand dollar check down when you come next week yeah. because uh, I bought some stuff from Finch. Good lord! And it was it was like a hundred and ten thousand five dollars. Because the five hours was a non-compete clause <laughs> to not run the ARCA race next year. That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, man. We, we, we got anything else we want to talk? Oh, do you got it? Yeah. Did you, did well, you, you got, get to all your well, stories? Well, your daddy. Mm-hmm. I know I pissed him off one time. It was great. At Dover. The old Gillette right guard halfway deal. Yeah. You had to uh, lead lap. Lead halfway lap, halfway 10 lap. grand. Mm-hmm. But you had to be in victory lane after the race to, to get the check. It. Otherwise, you didn't get it. I was under him and under him and under him. You know how Dover was. And just, 
beyond dream. And this was biased by tires, I'm sure. And he's making life miserable. Finally, you know, lap 247. Wiggle him a little bit and goodbye. And might have been Richard Broom or maybe Ken Howells. He said, ooh, he's going to be very mad. I said, you think he's mad now? Watch this. Mm-mm. And we, <laughs> we led lap 250 and I just stuck my hand out the net and went like that and went into one and drove all the way up top and let him go and just followed him. <laughs> he was he was mad. <laughs> he drove my bush car one time at Hickory. Dad? Yeah. Yeah, the 15. Yeah, and uh, I think it had mom and pops yep. on it. And we went up there and I said, hey, let's put Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet on it. He said, well, you won't make a show. And I said, <laughs> well, we'll make a show. We'll be okay. Uh because he got in a point, you know, where they were struggling there for a while with the on the bull rings, yeah. you know, hauled ass everywhere, but not. And uh, we went up there and we qualified second, but it got rained out. And whenever they rescheduled it, I couldn't go back. And uh, he called me up and said, hey, they said, you can't go back. I said, no. He said, I want to drive a car. I said, okay. He said, I'll come over and get it. I'll put my seat in it and I got to put decals on it. And I said, no. Uh uh-uh, because I know how he was. He said, what do you mean? I said, it's got a seat in it. You just drive that seat, send your decals over, and we'll put them on. Oh, no. I said, you'll just screw it up. You'll screw it up. It's ready to go. Don't touch it. Just drive it. So we didn't let him pick it up till <laughs> Saturday morning. <laughs> early, early Saturday morning, they came and got it, went up there. He beat to hell beat the hell out of it run ninth but he kept going to the back having yeah. problems and stuff but destroyed the body yeah and then he got home we cut the body off it when, when we got it back and i ripped the friggin decals off i wasn't even thinking now you wish you had them yeah yeah, yeah it'd been cool you got a oh you got that modified still a street legal modified no, no don't have it anymore don't have it anymore that was fun he loaned uh, it to me for a day or yeah then your daddy and I had that amphi car together. The amphibious car yeah. that would go into the lake. I know I got wrecked over that. What? We were in Detroit, and he, uh, I saw it. We were driving down the road, and I said, we should buy that. He said, I wonder what they want for it. And I said, I don't know, but if we bought it together, we could pay too much for it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got it. I sent, uh, he gave the guy $500 down. It was like ten five. He gave the guy $500 down, and I sent a, a rollback and a $10,000 cashier's check up there. Jeez. It showed up at Charlotte on Thursday. We rode it around the infield. My brother was there, and he said, do not put it in the water till I'm with you. I said, yes, sir. So <laughs> we took it to the house, and drove her in the pond <laughs> he should have been there <laughs> and uh, then later the next year bill jr and gary nelson had bought one and get called to the trailer your daddy's in there and he says uh, bill jr's like hey we're gonna put a boat ramp on both ends of lake lloyd we're gonna start start finish line <laughs> drive around race around run in lake lloyd run length of lake lloyd come out finish lap we're gonna better in that race and your daddy's like he said, what kind of shape is our car in? I said, you're about five grand away from being our car. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got wrecked again for that, you know. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez. Yeah. 
most people just have a conversation yeah. or you know yeah. maybe a little <laughs> maybe a little fight man he just so, he went to the jugular <laughs> just wrecked your car man goodness what a treat a lot of fun been. yeah you know you're the most requested yeah. guest we've ever had yes it's been happening People for a year and a half. We just couldn't ever get you because of your your race schedule, which is I insane. Know, I know that you're aware that a lot of people, you know, follow your career and love the fact that you're still out there racing. But there's so many fans that still appreciate you. I just couldn't make it because I'm I'm not retired like everybody hard. else. I'm still sal- I'm salaried, man. I yeah. it's hard to get away. <laughs> so you're gonna ha- run how many races this year? Well, we're getting a little late start. Uh, Sheldon Creed drove our dirt car down. Florida did an awesome job, uh, but I'll I'll still get in. Uh, I'll get in sixty five, seventy, and then we'll do forty five of those play days for Federate where we take cars out to forty five play days. Yeah, last year we did sixty. Jeez, gonna be down to about forty five this year. And, and so, and what is that? A play Federate day? Auto. Federate Auto Parts, which well, is our your sponsor forever. Yeah, this is our twenty first year, and uh, they've been great. So play days, we take cars to the racetrack, we sit people down, we talk to them, we send them out two at a time so they have a chance to be in a multi-car accident. <laughs> and then they run eight, ten laps. Then they come in and they say, oh, man, if I'd have had a couple more laps, I was really starting to get it. And then we put them in a two-seater and run them oh. three or four laps. Yeah. And then we feed them and go somewhere else and do it the next day. We'll do it uh, five or ten days in a row. It's great. What is this bus thing? I mean, is, if that's a play day, what is this bus thing you're going to do? <clears throat> it's a pretty cool way to spend your 65th birthday. On your birthday, you're going to do? Yeah. What, what are you doing? It's a school bus figure eight race. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend before, we got 500 lap sprint car race at Little Anderson, uh, Anderson, Indiana. Uh, you know, real sprint car, 500 laps. It's pretty cool. But the next week, is school bus figure eight because we got a play day. We got to be up there the next day or the day before or something for a federated play day. So, big Ron Drager, ARCA fan, and uh, we we're looking at schedule and a school bus race that night. And he pays a hundred, you know, he gets the his local guys to drive the school buses. He pays a hundred hours to run school bus. You get an extra hundred if you turn it over. I said, how do you turn over school bus? He said, oh, you you don't even have to worry about it. You just got to tell your buddies it's okay. They'll turn you over for you. <laughs> so and we, I called him the other night. He said, now this is, he said, really be ready for this. We've clocked these buses in excess of 22 mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pretty excited about uh, Toledo on May 29th. Yeah. That's going to happen in Toledo. My God. 65-year-old birthday party, yeah. figure eight. School bus. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I knew he was going to be on this show at some point. And when we figured out we had you booked, I wrote some small notes. And I try not to really – I mean, the, the big elephant in the room is that on the day my dad was killed, that you were in part of that accident. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say something about it. I can't. We can't do this podcast. We can't have this conversation and not – and ignore it, right? So I wrote something, and I wanted to read it to you, if I could. Don't mess me up here. I'm not going to mess you up. You don't have to say a word, all right? But I just wanted – I've known you a long time, and we've a lot of time has passed since that happened, and you've been a great friend to me. You're one of only a few to see the darkest moment for my dad. 
that you have intimate knowledge of those moments, you are a keeper of that delicate information. It makes me feel close to you, Kenny. I feel pain for you to have to carry that memory, but you carry it for me, you carry it for Kelly, Dad's family, you carry it for anyone who's ever cheered for him. It's a secret that you'll keep to your last breath. Kenny, I know you might sometimes wish you weren't the one, but I'm glad it was you. Mm. And I really appreciate you for who you are and the friend you've been to me. Um, Just that little gesture to give uh, me the nod on Kenny Jones. There was a couple drivers in the last couple of decades that gave me some great advice, really, really good advice um, in particular times. And just to do some that small thing, you knew it was a big thing to put Kenny with me. You knew how good a person Kenny was. You knew how important he was in your life and how important he would become in mine. Um, he means the world to me and Amy. And I just appreciate it. Well, I love you guys, but the best advice I ever gave you, you didn't listen to. <laughs> Don't look at your dad and don't breathe on him. <laughs> you screwed that up. I swear I didn't breathe on him. I didn't say a word to him. He just knew. Yep. He knew. It's been fun. Going to have more. Yes, sir. Good luck to you this year. Have fun tearing up the dirt tracks, everything else you do. We love you. Tell Ann we said hey and we miss her and we sorry we didn't get to see her today. All right, guys. Thanks yes, for having us. Some odd history. All right. But if you're my, Matthew Dillner, time to tow some odd history into the studio today. <laughs> you can imagine this is going to have something to do with towing. I bet. I, I, what gave it away? Hmm. In July 1961, the Grand National Race at Atlanta was marred by a six car crash on the first lap. Hmm. After starting second, David Pearson spun, trying to take the lead in turn three. He collected some other cars in the process. The wreck eliminated the cars of Roscoe Thompson. Incredible racing name. Roscoe. I mean, look, is anybody naming their kids Roscoe anymore? The, co- the Coltrane. When did. the hell was that a thing? The Coltrane. Because there was a there's a few Roscoes out there. <laughs> is your name Roscoe? No. Nah. He, he's the only one that got my joke. What? Roscoe, he said, who, who, would name their, who would name their kid Roscoe? Go, 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 That's the Coltrane's. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, that was Bosco Low, not yes. quite Roscoe. That Bosco, right in Asheville. Well, right? that was his nickname. Though. So Roscoe oh. must have been pretty prevalent, and they were like, you know what? We're not going. I like Roscoe, but we're going to change it up a little bit and go with Bosco. <laughs> he was named after the chocolate drink. <laughs> yeah, Roscoe was taken. You know what we're going to do? It's a lot of Roscoes, but we... Bosco feels right. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> right. Sasco is next. There's if some, we have another one, I just said there's some names out there from the you know when you look at you know the history and and think back like yeah, we like, had to do an all names episode like you know just the yeah. best racing names that'd be fun. There's still some people out there naming their major kids some silly names. Oh tree. yeah, oh yeah, Tr- yeah, like tree, <laughs> sprout, <laughs> willow, Roscoe. Man, I'm gonna name him Roscoe. 
Who are you gonna name Roscoe? Just I'm trying to imagine. Oh, I'm trying to put myself in the. I'm trying like, to put what? myself in the in the in, oh, in, in the in, moment. In the, in the moment, right? And oh. trying to make sense yeah, of. Yeah, I got good news. It's a boy. What are you gonna call him? <clears throat> Roscoe. I always wanted to Roscoe name him. Ro- name him. I always wanted a son named Roscoe. <laughs> also in the crash, Mooresville, North Carolina's Herbie. Tillman. Now That's another fr- first yeah. name. Let's unpack Herbie. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's do that for a few, <laughs> it's a few like minutes. Love bug, baby. Uh, let's let's, let's uh, dissect this one. God, the names. Oh, Herbie, he would end up finishing dead last in the 42 car field. And if that wasn't bad enough, his day actually got worse. How could it possibly get worse, you ask? Well, it's because the wrecking wasn't quite over for Herbie. While the scene was being cleared, a tow truck hooked up to the front of Tillman's <laughs> Jolie Johnson owned a 1961 Chevrolet. I give up. This is just a name's uh, odd history. Jolie Johnson. I like it. You know, Jolie, I can't decide. Jolie. I can't decide between Joe. <laughs> I can't decide between naming him Joe or Lee. <laughs> so you know what we're going to do? We're going to call him Jolie. 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 <laughs> Well, the tow truck flipped over as it drove up the banking in turn four. All right, here's your picture. You got a picture of it right in front of you. You can see it's on its side, Mike. Mm. Good yeah. grief. The tow truck is on its side. That's not a good situation. No. Good grief. <laughs> didn't, we have a, didn't we have a tow truck situation recently? Dillner wrote yeah, in. Yeah, it dumped He wrote on, in good grief. Dillner for you wrote to read. in good grief. Right. Into the read. If I don't write anything. We just we that we're acting naturally. We're gonna cover good grief. We're covering good grief. Without, with or without that in there. This is called upfront transparency reactions. Yeah, this it's is it's a little like the H and R block scripting. <laughs> the tow truck driver was from Atlanta. His name is Robert. But what was his last name? <laughs> Higginbottom. <laughs> Robert Higginbottom. At least he survived the first name. Blues, <laughs> right? And Joe Lee and Herbie <laughs> they, and Roscoe. Well, he was strapped with Higginbottom for life. They weren't going to do give him the double. <laughs> he was he was only slightly shaking up. And I'm sure he was extremely embarrassed by the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Bob Higginbottom. Yep. See now, his name should be Herbie. Herbie or, Higginbottom. Or Ross, Herbie. Her, Herbie Higginbottom. I know he he he's just old Robert. Yeah. This is Phoenix race winner TJ Majors. And when you're ready to listen to a podcast with unparalleled insight from the racetrack and the NASCAR industry, check us out on Door Bumper Clear. Yo, it's Brett. This week we talk about TJ's win, the major improvement in racing at Phoenix, AI technology and NASCAR, and much, much more. Listen and subscribe to Door Bumper Clear on all major podcast platforms. All right, you guys already know that the new Dirty Mo Media merchandise is available at DirtyMoMedia.com. I am actually wearing one of the sweatshirts. Oh, look, I didn't even realize it. What? Yesterday I had on the t-shirt. Oh, you did? Yeah, all good. Brand new. Love it. What you don't know, though, is that I'm offering all this stuff at a 10% discount with a code, all right? All right. Just for these listeners of this podcast. All right. If, you have, if you're not listening to this podcast, the code will not work for you. Yeah. You won't hear it. Well, you might get it from a friend. Secondhand news. I'd be a good friend. It still won't work. You have to listen <laughs> to the podcast. We'll know. The code is DJD10. DJD10. Got it. Type that code in at the checkout and get 10% off your purchase. You guys know I'm also racing in the Xfinity race at Homestead next week. That's right. 
Homestead has partnered up with my longtime sponsor, Hellman's, and is offering a ticket package that includes a ticket to both the Xfinity race on Saturday, March the 21st, and the Cup race on March the 22nd. These tickets are in the front stretch grandstands, halfway up. They're great seats. Access to the pre-race Q&A session with me on Saturday morning. All this for $149. The ticket package available only at homesteadmiamispeedway.com. I noticed upstairs a big shipment of my sister's book just arrived. That's right. Boxes everywhere. Yeah. I know she's excited about that. Kelly's book is called Drive. Nine lessons to win in business and in life. That's Drive. Nine lessons to win in business and in life. I've read it. Great book. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very proud of Kelly. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to learn things about her and our childhood. Yes. That I really want people to read. I didn't have the balls to write it in my book. No, you she didn't. She did. All right. <laughs> Pre-order it now at kellyearnhartdrive.com. Hey, guys, just remember, every Wednesday, the show is on NBCSN at 5 p.m., but this week, we are at 6 p.m. Okay. All right. They're All moving right. us to 6. 6 p.m. This week. Got it. All right. I don't, there's no excuse. We know it. All right. Well, that was a great show. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Kenny Schrader, man. He's awesome. Finally got him on the show. Everybody was asking for him, and there you have it. Next week, we got another great guest. I think everybody's going to be excited about it. Can't wait to tell you, tell you about that. Yeah. Stay tuned. This bit of badassery was badassery. It was made by badassery. Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.